0: Hi, this is Christy Ruth from Carrots and Cookies, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast.
1: Hey, awesome food bloggers! Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave Eat Blog Talk a five star rating if you love this podcast, and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast, it adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Hello food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and competence that will move the needle forward in your business. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 299. Today, Christy Ruth and I are going to talk about her experience with getting a site audit with only 60 published recipes. Christy is a registered dietitian and busy working mom of three kids, ages seven to 14. Her passion for helping parents understand what it means to feed their kids well has grown as she raises her own. Without going crazy, Christy found a way of developing easy and practical nutrient dense recipes. That she was proud of and kids love, but so do parents. Christy, it is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I
0: am doing well. Thank you for having me, Megan. It is really great to be speaking with you. I, f- I feel like I've learned a lot about you. I think our oldest are even the same age. Um,
1: oh, okay. So, so yeah, let's see 14. 14. Mine yeah. just turned 15. So okay. he's a new 15 yeah. year old, but I'll be
0: there next month. <laughs>
1: Okay, it's so, a fun yeah. age, right? Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, all kinds of new adventures. For
0: sure.
1: <laughs> well, before we get into our topic today, why don't you tell us what your fun fact is?
0: Okay, so I'm not quite sure how to word this, um, but I'll go with this. So I have taken over 100 flights with my kids, um, over f- over 50 round trips. Um, sometimes we add an, uh, an extra leg in there. It's not just there and back. Um so yeah, we we fly sometimes.
1: Well, go ahead. Yeah, expand on that. Where do you go? So I,
0: um, all my, I'm, in, I live in Pennsylvania, and um, all of my side of the family is in the West Coast. I was born and raised out there, and so Arizona and California primarily. And we have a few family members spread out um, a few other places now. Um, and so I, I've prioritized visiting family. It's when we got when we got married. Um, I, I say we agreed, but really I, I kind of made it something that we needed to look like. Uh, you need. We needed to look at our traveling expenses, sort of like a mortgage payment, um, one that you don't really want to pay for, but you have to. So um, for me, it's it's family. So for example, like the kids and I, my husband works a lot um, and isn't able to take as much time off as I have been able to. So it's usually myself and the kids. And we, for example, um, have flown from Pennsylvania to Reno, Nevada to visit my dad and then flown from Reno, Reno to San Diego to visit... Other family.
1: Oh, wow. Um,
0: yeah. And then one trip was super fun. I took with our oldest. We went international. We went to Holland. I have family there as well. Um,
1: so, yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I cannot say that we've flown 100 times with our kids, but we love flying with our kids almost to the point of them being kind of... Spoiled, yes. like, like they know exactly which uh, airlines they prefer, yep. and every time we fly, they'll be like, "Okay, are we traveling Delta, <laughs> and will there be TVs?" And I'm like, "Okay, this is bad," <laughs> but it, I guess it's one of those things. Like, I'm grateful for it because we do fly a lot and that means that we're getting out and traveling and experiencing the world. So
0: exactly. Our kids get, they kind of own it. They decide they know they have their system and their snacks and their, what they want to yes. watch. And yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah. Same. They're little rolly bags <laughs> and yeah. they know exactly like, yeah, they're, it's so fun. <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, let's talk about what you're here for, which is the fact that you got an audit pretty early before like what, is and what is required really um and you were the exception to the rule so first of all i would love to hear a little bit about your background because i know you were a hospital dietitian you didn't have any experience with tech or social media you didn't even follow any blogs i know i'm sorry no i want to hear about that and how you went from that into actually blogging okay
0: um, so, yeah, I am a registered dietitian. I have um, been working in large teaching hospitals for over 18 years, actually. Um, and a little fun fact, too, is that I actually specialize in what we call nutrition support. So, at work, I primarily see patients um, who are in the intensive care units, um, and that includes adults. I also see kids and um, premature babies. So, um, I see a whole variety of patients besides that. That's just my specialty area. Um but then when we had kids um, almost 15 years ago, I went part-time, and so I was a little more in tune to pe- people in the community, um, just being involved with things with them on my days off. And it really um, became apparent to me when people would learn what I would do for a living, just being a dietitian, um, that there's a lot, there's a big need for... Um, I, what I call the everyday family um, to try to make sense of the information that they're getting whether it's um, new brand- products that are coming out or the way certain things are being ma- marketed um, you know everybody wants their their families to be healthy right and but some families um, are very confused uh, about that and and I hadn't I, I'm sorry food bloggers I've been missing out a lot <laughs> I have not followed a blog I We forgive you. And I I know it's hard to believe I don't even use Pinterest and, um, I do use social media, but I hadn't been using it to follow, um, anybody. Um, so this was a whole new world for me. Um, but I, just over the years, I, I kept thinking of different ideas. What could I do that I could reach people who wouldn't think to maybe go consult a dietitian, um, out of pocket. And, um, so I would say it was only about three years ago that, um, my, I would say my antennas were out for more opportunities. What what could I do? Um, our, I work for a contract company at the hospital. And for the first time in the history of the hospital, our contract was going out for bid. And I thought, oh, my goodness, like this might be, if we lose our contract, this could be an opportunity um, for me to try something different. Because up until then, I had really had tunnel vision other than these nudges of, of what could I do, but hadn't really pursued it. So I had invited in a few close friends, just thinking of ideas. And one of my um, very good friends, it turns out, she her response was, "Oh my goodness, my cousin is a food blogger, and she would tell you to write an ebook." I think, and this was totally out of the blue for me, and um, I had never even used an ebook, <laughs> like, you know. So, um, so she convinced me to get in touch with her just to get her thoughts on it. And so I did. I. I did. I didn't have a reason to say no. So, although again it was a very foreign concept to me, um, I gave her a call and you know she. I just told her about myself and where my passions were, and um, I said, "So, do you think I should start an e-, you know write an ebook?" And she's like, "No, you need to start a food blog." And I thought, okay. Um, and then interestingly, within I would say a month. Um, I had three different um, people unrelated to this situation one was at a volleyball tournament a parent who met me and a few others that had responded to a conversation saying you really should start a food vlog <laughs> and they and they had no idea that I had just you know had this call with her and was had my eyes out for other things and so I just really felt yeah the call to do it so I decided to do it, even though I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, and anybody who's listening to this, who is, you know, exploring the idea of starting a food blog, I would say, you know, it does sound overwhelming, all the information. And I joke saying if I knew then what I know now, I probably wouldn't have started it. But I, it's so worth it. It is so worth it. Um, and although there are sprinters in the field, um, it is a marathon, as you will hear a lot of people um, say. Um so yeah, so I have I've continued to work in the hospital. Um, I still am um, working in the hospital and uh, seeing patients. And then I've been doing the blog really when I can, which is, which is hard, but that's why it's been a little bit longer of a journey.
1: Yeah. So when exactly did you start your blog?
0: So I, I, I would say I hit publish in June of 20, er, 2020. Yeah. So, right when everybody else was, it turns out. Yes, right. So, it was January. I would say it was before that. So, it was right before the pandemic that I I decided to say yes. And I filed for my LLC then. And I mean, I didn't even think about like, you know, if you're starting a food blog, you need to have a, there needs to be an available URL. You know, I thought of this great name, which I don't remember now, but it wasn't available. And I, I hadn't even thought of that. So I took time doing that. And then I also, before I had published anything, I had taken the hashtag Jeff course, um, which is a monthly subscription. At least it was then. And, and for new bloggers who have no tech background, that's me. Um, I really don't recommend that. Um, I'm sure it's fantastic for other people. It had been recommended to me by somebody who did have a tech background. Um, but because it's monthly and it was taking me a long time to learn, um, I, that's one thing I would say, hold off on that one. (laughs) Um, but I, so I did that for about two months, I would say, and then I, I'm a doer. I learn as I do. So I just decided to start publishing or posting recipes. I figured, you know what, if nobody can find it, who cares if it's not what it's supposed to look like, you know, yet. And so, um, and so then my goal was to, post 20 recipes. And I knew the recipes were sound. I make them all the time. My kids love them. I was going to post 20 and then stop what I was doing and then learn more and then go back and update them. And I had 20 for a few reasons. One is um, a lot of even Facebook groups, you know, you need to have at least 20 posts for them to see that you're a legitimate um, food blog because a lot of people are starting and stopping. And then from what I had understood, that's about the point that Google might consider you a legitimate food blog, too. Um, so so that was um, what I had set for myself. Um, that was my first goal.
1: Yeah, I like that. And I like having a number that you can reach, kind of like a step-by-step number, knowing you're probably going to go beyond 20, but 20 right. was your first achievement, right? right? And then beyond yeah. that, you were probably like, okay, now I'm going to go get more, add more to my database. So where did you... Um, Kind of take us along your journey about finding the information where you knew you needed to dig into maybe an audit, and how did that all come about?
0: Okay, so um, I listened to some podcasts, and then I, when the Top Hat Rank seminar or sessions started being published during the pandemic, I was listening to those, and I was uh, paying attention to to the um, Facebook groups for bloggers, um, and really just. Um, realizing that there there's a lot of people who want to help and there's a lot of information out there but after my experience I think with the hashtag Jeff course I was just a little more cautious on what I spent money on and my time on um and so I really learned very little at a time um I had I knew I wanted my site to look um presentable so if somebody did find my site that it would look like a real site so I needed to get my picture on there which for me all these things it just wasn't easy so to get my picture on there and the about me which I still need to update my about me page and get more pictures on there Um, so I really did just take it one step at a time and I decided to for the first year um, as far as expenses go to consider it like what would I be willing to spend on an expensive hobby like I was treating it eventually I'd want it to be a business but I knew I, I wasn't I didn't have the time to to put into, it. I knew I wasn't going to hit, you know, MediaVine um, in a year. That just wasn't the time that I had for it. And so, um, I decided to budget as if you know it's an expensive hobby that I enjoy doing, and I'm okay if I don't make anything from it this year. So that's kind of how I made decisions um, the first year.
1: I like that your mindset played a role in that. So you were setting certain expectations for yourself in your blog, and not. Not biting off more than you could chew, which I feel like so many people do. They're like, I see X person just crushing it within two months or whatever. Like there are those anomalies who just kill it within a short period of time. Instead of expecting to be that, you were like, hey, this is going to be, you know, low key and I'm going to build myself up. And it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I love how you frame that about what would I spend on an expensive hobby. And that's kind of what you were talking about earlier with travel, right? Like you have to factor those things in.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and you have to be realistic with the time that you had. And so, um, so then I had to find the balance, which I think we all do um, of how much time do I spend learning more and how much time do I spend updating? And then how much time do I spend creating more posts? Because, you know, a blog with 20 posts isn't going to go anywhere. Um, And so, um, I felt like, so Oh, the first, I would say I bought keyword research. I paid for that. That's one tool I did pay for because mainly it was the least expensive. It was before I had heard that it was recommended um, by other people, but it was about, it's a little less than $11 a month. I had gotten a Black Friday deal. <laughs> and um, so I used that, but I wasn't even using that correctly. And um, when I hit about 30 posts, I would say I was, I wanted to put more into it. I saw that my youngest was going to be going to school full-time in the fall, so I forecasted I would be able to put more into this. Um, I also heard, um, learned a lot about audits just from people commenting, um, whether it's podcasts or interviews or on the Facebook um, groups for bloggers. I heard a lot about audits and content auditing, and Casey Markey is obviously very involved in the Facebook group, and I knew that I knew I, that I was getting correct information, but I, I really didn't feel like I was, one, prioritizing my time correctly, and also I wasn't interpreting or implementing the information correctly on my site. I just had this feeling, and, um, and I didn't want to get to the point where I had a couple hundred recipes and have to update <clears throat> that money, because the one main recipe, one update I did have um, that I made was, for example, you know, it was clear that all images should be uploaded at 1,200 pixels, for example. So what did I do? I stopped publishing. I went through every single image and re-uploaded to 1,200 pixels. And that was so time-consuming. And I thought, oh my goodness, if I do this with every piece of information that I learn, I'm never going to get anywhere. And so knowing I had 30 and I was forecasting I would have a lot more time to put into it. And I had also heard that he has a window of at least six months when you get on his schedule. So I thought I didn't want to wait till I had 75 or 85 posts, which are his um, minimum requirements um, for an audit. I wanted to get on it before that so that when I got there, I could get an audit. Um, I just was determined. And it's not cheap and you have to pay for half, you know, when you when you book, you have to pay for half and then you pay the rest at the time of the audit. Um, but I just really, and I also felt having it on my calendar would help me stay focused on getting there. Um, so that's when I, so I, so I did it pretty early. Um, but it was just because simply I knew that I wasn't, I just had this feeling that I wasn't uh, implementing the information correctly. So on, in June of 2021, it was the first week of June I got on his schedule and, um, it was scheduled for January. So that's how far out he was booked. Um, but again, I thought, I, I, and he even said, you totally can do this, you know, with the time you have um, just pri- and prioritize, you know, posting and you need to hit this number of posts, which is 75 to 85 minimum. Um, and when you get on his schedule, he sends you an email list of to-dos already, which is awesome. But I felt like that was an audit already. <laughs> <by
1: itself. laughs> the pre-audit audit.
0: <laughs> the pre-audit audit. Exactly. Um, but at least it gave me um, a direction to go. So I appreciated that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So you did all of the pre-audit audit audit work. And then we should mention here, like you touched on this, you were the exception. So he does have a hard, fast rule though for any other people. And I believe he told you that he would, probably not make that exception again. Correct.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 So when you, you know, when I signed on and I acknowledged my, how few posts I have, he did say, if you don't get to 75 to 85 posts, I will move you. And I'm a straight shooter like he is. I appreciate that he just says it how it is. And, um, I had no problem with that at all. And I actually responded, I expect nothing less
1: Uh. um, than
0: that. And so, um, the, and I would say the only reason why he made an exception, I think, is I should add a month after I got on his calendar, We had a house fire. And so we were okay, thankfully. Um, We were outside, but within a blink of an eye, we were displaced from our home. We still are out of our home. It'll be July, probably this July till we're back in. Oh my
1: gosh, that's terrible. I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, so it has been a year. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, and in, in, to keep it in perspective, you know, I don't just have, I have a rental place now. It's a smaller space. I'm using rented dishes. All my props are gone. Um, so I just made, there was a major halt there. Um, and he does ask for updates between the time your aunt get on his schedule to tell your audit. And so I did let him know About that, and but let him know I still was, you know, my hope was still to keep going with this um, as much as I could. So um, he definitely, you know, was encouraging and gave me ideas of what I could do. Like for a while, I didn't even have my computer or my camera, Um, but I had my phone, so I, so I could learn that way. Um, But I also hit a point of saturation. So for example, during that time period, I had taken the cooking. Um, cooking with keywords course. And it was great, but I wasn't at a place where I could sit down and take notes while I take it, which if you take the course, you have to do that. I think one of your um and somebody you interviewed <laughs> described it as being um like a, a course on crack or something. <laughs> and I totally agree with that. It's so much information, but it's so good. Um, but I I got some from it, but I really needed to sit down and dive into it. So I ended up retaking it after um right after my audit. Um so so yeah, so he was great, um, with understanding that, but I was still determined. I really thought I could still do it. (laughs) Um, so I pressed on and I continued to post. Um, and then, you know, I mentioned I work in the intensive care units and, um, the COVID surge hit again. And so, um, which was, was primarily my population during the pandemic anyways. And so I was asked to work more and, um, which limited my ability to post. And so I just, I had to show myself grace, which I know you encourage your listeners to do. You just have to. Um, and so I touched base with him again and um, understood if I needed to be moved. But, you know, my audit was right after scheduled for right after the holidays and I was not requesting for it to be moved. I wanted to keep the date. Um, so he agreed to to move forward with it. Um, but I do believe my audit was the most elementary audit he has ever done because he there is so much more. I know he Can offer to somebody um, who has more posts. Um, But for me, it was invaluable. um, And I'm so thankful I went ahead with it.
1: Oh, I love love that story. I mean, I don't love that you had those challenges. A house fire is just traumatic, I can imagine. And then the whole COVID situation with being in the hospital space, that is a lot. But I'm so glad you pursued, you persevered, and that um, Casey agreed to work with you. So, I want to hear about your experience with the audit. So, it was a mini audit, correct?
0: Yeah, so it's a mini audit, which is a two to three hour live and recorded Skype call. So, he's screen sharing with you. Um, he actually makes changes on the spot, what he can, which is awesome. Um, and then he also is explaining how he's doing it. So, um, you know, you can learn and you don't have to worry about taking notes the whole time because it's recorded. So, that's great. Um, and then um, at the end of the call, he sends uh, follows up within 24 hours of, with a 17 to 19 page. I think mine is 19 pages, document with uh, within a day um, with more information on how to move forward and prioritizing. Um, he sends uh, links to examples of what he's talking about and um, podcasters who are open for interviews and. Uh, I mean, I can, I can go on it. Like I said, it's 19 pages of, of things, you know, it starts with things like, um, fix your broken links and internal redirects and, um, no organic traffic and he provides spreadsheets. Like I could spend an hour just talking about what he offers in his audit. <laughs> um, but it, it it's all, so you, So now I have the spreadsheets with a different information um, that he did for me. And I'm not a spreadsheet person either. I'm not just not Pinterest. I'm not a spreadsheet person, <laughs> but I do appreciate them. So I have been using them. Um, so he, he provided so much, but I thought for listeners and for Seek, I kind of narrowed it down into five, yeah. kind of like five points. Let's hear them. Um, so yeah. Like, let's he hear your five though.
1: takeaways. Okay.
0: Okay, so the first um, is as it relates to the accessibility. And some of this I, um, he reviewed in his most recent interview with you um, not long ago. Um, but it's more than filling out your alt text correctly. Um, so he fine-tuned my font size and corrected my colors. Um, my When I shifted my colors a little bit, it turns out it wasn't meeting the accessibility standards. Um, so he fixed that for me, but he also showed me how to do it. And there is a free website um, that um, he recommended to to use that you can put your colors in to to know if they meet the accessibility parameters or not Um, and also for an accessibility statement he had let me know of a website that will generate one for you for free so I took full advantage of that
1: nice okay yeah yeah and those are things I think we don't always think about when we think of accessibility like you said we think of alt text and then we kind of stop there so it's good to explore like the visual impairments and other parts of that Food bloggers, hey, let's take a really quick break from the episode so I can tell you some shining points about my favorite keyword research tool, Rank IQ. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast before, but I wanted to give you an update because I've shared my strategy about digging into non recipe posts that I run through the Rank IQ optimizer. I've done this all year so far in 2022. And so far, I'm up 25%, which is up from my last update, which was probably around 20% year over year. So far this year compared to last year. So many of the keywords that I run through the optimizer in Rank IQ get put on the first page of Google relatively quickly. By running a lot of content through the optimizer, I'm planting a ton of seeds so that over time, I'm going to produce this really beautiful crop of posts that's going to lead to massive growth on Pip and Ebby. I'm so excited to report back to you at the end of this year when things are even more fruitful. Check it out for yourself, FrankIQ.com. I hope you love it as much as I do and you find wild success with it. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: Um, and then the second one is mobile friendliness. And again, you know, he says this all the time. You hear it a lot. Um, as far as making your Sure, your website is mobile friendly. Um, I just, I just hadn't been sure what it all involved, um, but obviously makes it user for easier for the user to navigate. Most people are on their phones. So this totally makes sense. Um, so for me, I needed to improve my category structure and I needed to stop using tags, but don't just delete your tags because <laughs> that will create 404 errors because that is something I did and then we had to fix it. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. And um, and then as far as the modern mobile menu, I ended up um, hiring Grayson at iMark to do that for me just for sake of time. That is something I outsourced, but I hadn't had um, the modern mobile menu set up yet for my site I use the feast theme I should I should add that um so I had him do that for me and that made even my daughter getting on my site she's like mom oh my goodness your site looks so much better and that was just I mean even just adding them the category I restructured my categories on the modern mobile menu that's those are the only two things she noticed and she already was complimenting it so that was great
1: that's great when you get compliments from a teenager you know it's good right (laughs) yeah
0: exactly exactly
1: (laughs) okay so anything else with the mobile friendliness
0: um, I don't think so. I think some of it I'll hit um, in my next
1: point. Okay. So yeah, what's point number three? Yeah.
0: Okay. Point number three is SEO. You know, we all love to hear about SEO. Um, so this is something I got caught on. And again, I, I think this is common sense to a lot of people, but it clearly wasn't to me. So when you're typing out your headers, always use title case. So, um, the reason why I didn't, makes sense to me is, you know, no matter if I use lowercase or uppercase, at least with the Feast theme, once I hit publish and you're looking at my site, it's all capitalized anyways. So when I realized that I got lazy and I was using lowercase for everything just because it was easier, um, but you need to use title case, even though it all is going to show capitalized once it's published. Um, so that was something that I, um, I still have to go update a lot of mine, my posts.
1: Yeah. Um, something again, like something little that yeah. you just never think about.
0: So little. He's like, Christy, you need to learn title case. And I was like, actually, I know title case. I just, can't <laughs> it. And I wasn't using it because I didn't think it mattered. Um, and then also related to SEO and user experience. So this goes with mobile friendliness. Also, when you're making collages of process shots, don't include more than four images. So don't do six. Um, it shouldn't be more than four images. And with this, I learned there's no point in having a step-by-step section in your post if you don't have process shots to accompany it. Um, where for me, just trying to crank out posts, I would, um, if I, even if I just had one like great shot of the post or excuse me, of the finished recipe, I would just post it, um, or part of the process shot, but not all the process shots. And then, um, but that, I need to go back. So I have a lot of updating to do as you. Yes.
1: Oh, I am familiar. I understand.
0: um, And the other great thing. So for example, during the audit too, then I could pause and say, you know, do you think um, like I had done with my images, you know, should I stop and go fix all of my, this one thing and all of my posts every time we'd hit something. And and he said, you know, we talked about use of time and it really, which he does say, but I, I just wasn't sure if he meant, really meant it for every detail. But when you're updating a post, update the whole thing. Instead of updating one at a time, it just makes more sense um, for time purposes. Um, And so this next one really caught me off guard. So I'm really curious um, if I'm the only one. (laughs) It has to do with images again. So like I said, I had stopped what I was doing and I uploaded all of my images at 1,200 pixels. Um, But then in my audit, he pulled up a post and he clicked on the image and he's like, Christy, why aren't you uploading at 1,200 pixels? And I said, I am. (laughs) Like I went and did Uh, all of that. I know what you're going to say. Yes, I didn't go and hit full size in the block editor. And I had no idea. And you, like, I upload through the media library and create my alt text there and then um, put it on my, you know, in my post. And in order to see, for me, anyways, for me to see that there's even an option to hit full size, I have to scroll down. And I was just moving on. Um, So (laughs) I did all that
1: work. That is a hidden little key. I'm glad you said that because even people who, know that kind of forget it because it's such a little thing little detail <laughs> I
0: no know, I know and so I did so Skyler um from Feast he actually posted recently there was something on the Facebook uh, bloggers group and he referred to this and I asked him if there was a way to change the default to full size yeah <laughs> and he said it's coming oh so good it's not, yeah that's coming so it's not there yet um So that's a little tidbit that I had been totally caught off guard by. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, you're not alone with that. It's (laughs) me, too. And I've talked to many other bloggers who are like, oh, my gosh, I thought I was good. Now I have to go back and I have to click that full size. So, it. yeah, you're not alone.
0: Yeah. So, okay, my fourth point... has to do with backlinks. So, um, you know, when I first started, I'm like, oh, I'm a dietitian. Everybody's going to want, (laughs) going to want to hear what I have to say. Um, but nobody will find me, you know, right. And like I, I, until you get other people linking to your site that tells Google that you are somebody that people should be, you know, um, reading their content. And so, um, again, common sense, but it just, just hadn't registered to me. So I had been submitting to Roundup requests on Facebook, um, and I had, I think I have a decent amount of backlinks, but most of them, Casey pointed out, are low quality. Um, so he provided avenues for me to get, that I could pursue to get um, higher quality backlinks that I did not know about, which again, maybe might be common sense to a lot of you. Um, the biggest one for me so far has been Harrow. it stands for Help a Reporter Out. Um, so I hadn't heard of that. And if I had, I hadn't been curious as to what it meant. <laughs> so it. Um, and so I hadn't pursued it. And so I actually, in the past six weeks, my blog was just in January. I um, had paused working on my blog in order to uh, spend time working on increasing my authority, um, through backlinks. So I have been quoted by eat list, eat this three times, live strong, the beat very well family and Fox news. Um, so yeah. So for me, that was super, um, helpful. And the one tidbit I want to include with Fox news is, um, They did not, they said they couldn't guarantee a link to my site, but they would, um, they wanted a link to one of your, not your Instagram page, but one of the recipes on your Instagram page, the link. And I'll only have like 150 followers and they chose mine out of everybody quoted, they chose mine to be there on their site and my, my, my photo is overexposed and I only, it says I only have 150 some followers and they chose mine. So you're a new blogger and you don't have any followers like that's okay. And now I can also use them for a mention in banner. So I'm going to get one of those created. That's on my to-do list next.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. And you never, you just never know when something is going to take off or when somebody is going to pick you over your competition, right?
0: right and so with that too I wanted to say when you do reply keep track of the date the re- the um, reporter's name and the topic um, because they're not going to tell you if they take I don't I think only one person maybe two have had told me that they were going to use me everything else like the Fox News one, I found on my own about a month later I decided to search my name in Fox News and I found it but they didn't tell me they were using me um, and it didn't link to my site because it linked to my Instagram. So I wouldn't have seen it if I checked my backlinks. <gasps>
1: um, okay. So that is a good case for making a spreadsheet or something for yeah, this sort of thing.
0: Yes, exactly. And another example, I just found out I was quoted by Very Well Family, but they misspelled my blog site. They got my name correct, but they misspelled my blog site and the link They misspelled it when they created the link to my site also. So I'm in the process of getting that corrected. So again, had I looked just at my backlinks, I wouldn't have thought I was quoted. But if I searched my name and the topic, um, that's how I knew that they had chosen me to quote.
1: Wow.
0: So definitely, yeah, so definitely keep on that, um, keep track of that. Um, And the other fun thing that happened with that is a brand that I had mentioned that my kids and I love um, reached out to me after I mentioned them in an article and wanted to
1: partner no so way. That
0: was, yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. So that's for it. That's uh, we're still working on that. But, um, but that was fun. That's
1: cool. And I just want to yeah. make a point there because it's so often thought that if you don't have a huge following on Instagram or even like a, a lot of traffic on your blog, that there's no way you could partner with a brand. So this is proof that right. that is completely not yes. true.
0: Correct. And it also affirms, you know, you hear that domain authority isn't um, a what do you call it?
1: Uh, Google ranking factor.
0: Ranking factor. Thank you. And so my domain authority actually hasn't changed yet, but my posts are w- ranking way higher ever since I've been linked more. So these links act, so far have not changed my domain authority, but they have increased my authority to Google in Google's eyes from what I can tell. Yeah. It's
1: impacting um, something in the background.
0: Yes, for sure. For sure. So, um, the other thing that is a free resource for people that I did not know about, um, I had contacted um, Arsene with Top Hat Rank um, because um, it was something more for the future that Casey had mentioned. They do a monthly backlink Um campaign that uh, you pay for. um, But I didn't really know what it involved. Again, this was just in my follow-up email. And so, I wanted to contact them just to see what it involved and the cost of it just as I budget this year because, you know, it was January when I had my audit. And so, they led me to um, sign up for one of his free 30-minute coaching calls. Yeah. And so, you know, in talking to him, I really appreciated that He was honest. You know, he's the, the... backlink campaign that he does is really for bigger bloggers and it's not inexpensive. Um, He also does technical audits, but I'd already had mine with Casey. Um, But he offers the 30-minute coaching calls that do not cost anything. And that was awesome. So he um, guided me on how to use a free trial of SEM Rush to my benefit, um, just in the days that I would have for the beginning. Um, And then the other thing is it, uh, it opened my eyes. You know, I just need to be flexible. And that he has a very different strategy than Casey. And they acknowledge that in their um, top hat rank um, talks. Um, but, you know, one post that Casey told me not to spend any time on because of um, the search volume, Arson actually pulled up the same post, had no idea that Casey had chosen this one and told me I should be posting more like that. Oh,
1: that's funny. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. So that, I mean, it was great. And it and it, that didn't cost anything. Um Oh, that's great. So that's a free resource out there yeah. for from Top Hat Rank. Okay,
1: yeah.
0: cool. And then and then your
1: fifth takeaway?
0: My fifth takeaway, and I'll be brief with this one because I know a lot has been shared on here, um, has to do with keyword research. So I have always used KeySearch um, because it's inexpensive. It costs just under $11 a month. Um Cooking with Keywords. The course had really showed me how to dive deep into key search. I had used been using it very in a basic way, um, but it um, taught me how to use it to view my competitors and how what they're ranking for and things like that. Um, but what I hadn't been doing, um, which again should be common sense, is once I decided on a topic because key search would say that um, there was low competition and a high search volume, so I would create a post about that. But it doesn't always line up with Google searches. So again, Casey said, I said, can you check out this post that had a really low um, competition score in key search and had a higher search volume? Um, Why is it not getting any traffic? So he's like, well, let's go into Google and search it. And there was zero search traffic, zero. There There wasn't like 50, like there was zero. And so I tested this out just this week, actually, um, with a different word. And I found one. It had a search volume in KeySearch. According to KeySearch, it had a search volume of 1,800. And so I typed the exact same term into Google, and it said zero. Oh, wow.
1: So, Interesting. Yeah, so although it,
0: I know. So although it uses Google API, um, it's not always in line. Um, so you have to do um, a little more work than I was doing, which was just the key search, you know, find what's low and high and... And pick from there. So again, it it makes sense. You should search in Google if you want Google to find your your recipe. But I just hadn't been doing that. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So oh. you still use Key Search?
0: I still use Key Search. Okay. Yes. Cool.
1: Yeah, that's a popular one. Many, many, many food bloggers use. So I'm glad to hear that. Anything else on the takeaways with your mini audit?
0: I think I'm going to end there. There was so much, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think. I think I'm going to end there. Okay. Unless you have any other questions for
1: me. No, I think that covered so much. And you added a few little nuggets in there that I don't think we've ever discussed here on the podcast. So I think this is going to be really helpful. So thank you for sharing all of that. And then how did things go once it was done and tackling your to-do list? Was that overwhelming? Was it doable? How long did it take you to get through that? All of that.
0: Okay. So... Um Casey does say read through the the summary and again, and also rewatch the Skype call, which I've had to do, and I still should do it again. Um, so I would say with that, my to-do list got forever long, um, even longer than it was, but I am more at peace about the direction I need to go with it. So I feel like I understand better how to prioritize the time that I have and um, in what order I can... Um, that I should be taking the steps in, I guess you could say. So, um, the hard part is, you know, our job is never done. As you know, (laughs) there's always something on the list versus, you know, going to work and you have a task for the day and then you leave work where there's always something that isn't done. And so I just have, I have to let it go. Um, and do, so I look at myself and I think, am I doing the best that I can with the time that I have? Um, and, and, um, anytime I've gotten to like, why am I doing this to myself? Um, I wasn't looking for another, you know, I wasn't looking to start a blog. Like, why am I doing this? And then I just stop and I remind myself why I am doing this. You know, it's all of us who are creating recipes and trying to help people. Like it's accessible to everybody and we're not, everybody can, you know, um, pay to go get educated, you know, formally from a dietitian or somebody else. Um, almost everybody has the internet. so it's a great opportunity that we have, um, to reach people, um, who otherwise wouldn't be reached.
1: Yeah. Oh, that that was very well said. I love all of that. Are there any other takeaways just for your, just about your whole experience with getting an audit? So not necessarily the contents of the audit, but any, um, let's see, like suggestions for people who are thinking about it or anything to think about.
0: I would, that's a really good question. So like I said, I really don't regret, um, I don't at all regret it. It is expensive, um, for the cost, but for me, when I put my hours into dollars, I mean, it, it, in the end is saving me a lot of time. Um, and there are a lot of free resources, um, out there. And, um, a lot of what Casey does go over is covered in, um, either top at, the Top Hat Rank sessions or other um, podcasts that he's been interviewed on and others too. Um, and so if you're not at a point for an audit, definitely learn from those. Um, but I really, for me, I had to, I really, I'm, I don't know where I would be without my audit. I have to say, I would think, I think I would feel overwhelmed, you know, in your most recent email I read and it said, you know, a lot of us are at a place of feeling overwhelmed And although my list got longer with the audit, I feel less overwhelmed after it because I feel like it makes a little more sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's helped you sort through some details. And at first, that can be really overwhelming. But once you get through that, then it's less overwhelming.
0: Right. And you do do get more out of if you wait, you'll get more out of your audit. I do know that. Um, and even the full audit as far as costs and what, you know, how big your blog is and all that. I talked to a few other people. Um, so there's no problem with waiting, especially if you're, if you're doing great and you you know, your trajectory is where you want it to be. Mine just wasn't. And I really didn't feel settled with the um, strategy I was taking. So, um, that's why I decided to do it.
1: And then I just want to, uh, comment on one thing you said earlier, because this is something I've been contemplating for my services and things that I offer. I've had people call some things that I offer within eBlog Talk expensive. And it's like, is it expensive? Because if it's expensive, then it's not worthwhile. So I think maybe maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but maybe what you were trying to say is that it's a valuable investment. There you go. Like it's an investment and it's valuable. Otherwise you wouldn't have paid for it. Right.
0: Right. So that, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I guess when I say expensive, I mean, relative to a lot of the other expenses I've had related to my blog. So sure. um,
1: more expensive than other investments. Yes.
0: And because <laughs> I'm not at a point of monetizing my blog yet, you know, I I mean, I, I will still keep c- t- Take it into consideration when I am, but um, I just feel like I'm a little more careful with that. But um, but you're right, and I think that I have I, I have no problem. I shouldn't even say I have no problem. It's totally valid that you know you're starting a business, you have to put money into it. And my husband's a financial planner; he totally gets that. Um, and I just I guess, uh, and a lot of people have products out there that are selling and they're valid. So you just have to find what's right for you, I guess, you know, and it's not going to be the same for everybody.
1: Yeah, I complete like the things that I offer three blog talk, I do not expect everyone to want them number one. And you know, really find value in them. But for the people who do, I know they consider the things that I offer valuable investments. Now, if it's not, then you can say, yeah, that was really expensive or that seems spendy or, you know, you fill in the blank.
0: Right. And it's similar to like, say, a photography course. Like I know I want to take an online photography course and Casey did recommend a few. Um, And and I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I, and it is worth the money, but I've really been trying to read reviews and, you know, get feedback. And so again, it's more, I think, I think maybe when I mentioned expensive too, it's just, there are a lot of options out there. So like you said, how you spend the money and in what direction it's going to take you. Um, but definitely if you're going to end up making money from it, I would, you need to put money into it. I totally believe that.
1: And this is a good investment to make early on. I, in my opinion, as early as you can, because you talked us through a bunch of little things that could have added up like monumentally over time if right. you would have gotten to right. eight hundred to a thousand recipes like I did before I realized. The twelve hundred pixel wide thing. Oh my goodness! I mean, yeah, that's been my whole life yeah. for years. So, well,
0: and I even heard you uh, um, in one of your interviews mentioning you were trying to see how your husband fit into your business. Yeah, and I thought, oh, he/she should have him go up uh, in old post. That would be a good way to start. <laughs> oh
1: my! There are so many ways yeah. for him to come in because I have so much to do. Right. It's literally like, which which route do we want to go? Right but. for sure. Yeah, this has been so great. Okay, is, are there any final takeaways before we say goodbye, Christy?
0: Um, I would say if you're contemplating it, do it. <laughs> Whether it means starting a blog or making that you know investment into something you offer or an audit. Um, and, and don't always compare yourself to other people. Um, I think the hard part is you hear, don't follow the herd mentality, which I definitely hear, but you also aren't sure exactly who you should be following or um, learning from, I guess you could say. So, um, but go with your gut. I feel like that is, for me, that is what has been worked for me. So That
1: works for me as well. And I love that you ended that way because I feel like so much of our businesses can be run from our intuition. And once we get our heads and too much thinking involved it just like things start sinking (laughs) so go with your gut yeah for sure if you have a bad feeling run yes (laughs) this was so great thanks christy for your time today we appreciate you and all the things that you shared and thank you for sharing about your mini audit with casey and how that went and all of your takeaways this is gold this episode is going to be pure gold
0: thank you for having me
1: Yeah. To end, do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with us? I
0: do. I have two. Um, One I learned when I was at the Great Place to Work Institute conference about 18 years ago. I don't know exactly who said it, but it is short and sweet. Always be in the continuous mindset of change, and change won't be so difficult. So it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. It just won't be quite as hard if you're expecting. Yes, exactly. If you're expecting it, Um, and I think that's pertinent to so many aspects of life especially blogging (laughs) yes um and then this one is from a devotional journal called 100 days of believing bigger by marshawn evans daniels um she says purpose is not an intellectual exercise it's a contact sport we're supposed to engage with uncertainty fear and challenges god can't bless actions we never take
1: oh oh that's powerful wow i need to write that one down that was good god can't bless actions we never take okay thank you yeah <laughs> all right we'll tell everyone where they can find you online and then i will tell you and everyone else where to find your show notes
0: okay um so my email is christy k-r-i-s-t-i at carrotsandcookies.com i am on instagram at carrots.and.cookies and facebook and pinterest it's carrots with the and sign and cookies
1: awesome and we will put together a show notes page for you christy so if anyone wants to go look at those go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash carrots and cookies i love the name of your blog by the way it's like a little contradiction but um it all fits it all fits. yeah Yeah. they fit together somehow right yeah so thank you again so much for being here and thank you for listening today food bloggers i will see you in the next episode